the epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Romans, chapter 1, starting at verse 14, you will find these words. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Today, saints of God, amen, I just want to talk to you for a few moments from the thought, living in debt. Living in debt. Amen, saints of God, the book or the epistle to the Romans, amen. Paul the apostle wrote to the church at Rome. It was a church that he had not visited, but he had written to, but he desired greatly to be with them. He wanted to be with them in person and to get that personal touch. But on his way, amen, to Rome, Amen. He wrote an epistle, amen, that is a theological treatise, amen, on all things salvation. As we have it so neatly put together, amen, in our Bibles, it is an epistle of 16 chapters. But here in the first chapter, Paul uh, begins to explain to us what it means to be a debtor unto Christ. In our world, there are multiple types of debts. Those who are financially savvy understand that there is good debt and bad debt. Amen. All debt is not good and all debt's not bad. Bad debt is debt that you have on items that are depreciating uh, like cars and like like trinkets or uh, electronics so you when you've got debt on those that's bad debt because those things do not go up in value they only depreciate so really they're not assets they are liabilities but then there are those things which are good debt Good debt are items that when you have debt on what is called a true asset. A true asset is an asset that you have purchased, amen, that brings about further income. 
So you put money in and you get money out. Amen. Assets. So even from the financial world, we are taught that there is good debt and bad debt. But today I want to take us into the spiritual realm to talk about some good debt and some bad debt there as well. Bad debt in the spiritual realm is sin debt. For the wages of sin is death. But there is a good type of debt in the word of God. And we find that here in this text, amen, in verse 14, when the apostle Paul says, I am a debtor. The good debt that Paul the apostle has taken on is he has taken on to the precious resources of God and is under obligation by God to share it with the world. This obligation or debt is a good debt. And each one of us has this good debt. And it is our responsibility to make sure, amen, that the debt that we and the obligation that we're under, God is then taken to where the Lord has called us to take it. Let's look at the text briefly, shall we? Paul says, I am a debtor to both Greeks and to barbarians both to wise and to unwise. To really get the impact of this text, you must think about the person who is saying these words. If you would remember, amen, from some history lessons about this man whose name now is Paul, at one time his name was Saul. Saul was a Pharisee. Amen. He was a gifted Pharisee who was taught under the tutelage, amen, of the, of the great professor of the law, Gamaliel. Paul himself would say, I am a Pharisee of Pharisees, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Amen. He was really staunch as it related to his following of the law. So much so that he persecuted God's people in an attempt to snuff out what Jesus was bringing into view. If you will remember, it is Saul who stood with, with affirmation as they stoned that great uh, orator Stephen, that great follower of Jesus Christ who was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. It is that same Paul who was Saul who had papers that he was on his way to Damascus to be able to execute even further persecution against the church. It was this Saul who, who had a head nod toward stoning those who were part of the way. See, in the book of Acts, what you will find is that they weren't called Christians immediately. They were called those who followed the way. The way of Jesus Christ. It was not until Antioch, the church was established at Antioch, where they called Christians. So 
Paul was persecuting, amen, the church, that which Jesus Christ had died for. And so he was so convinced that he was on the right track, amen, he was getting even more vehement about the work that he was doing to make sure that everyone of the way was either thrown in jail or stoned or left for dead. He wanted this abhorrent religion to be snuffed out because it was not of God. What we find here is that man can be blinded by the sin of self-made religion. See, the reality here is that they had taken the law and embellished it with other things, amen, to then bring about a self-made religion that was not for God but was actually against God. This is important for us saints because if we're not careful, we can go along in our religious activities and then begin to embellish them activities and end up being more against God than for Him. Believing that we're on the Lord's side. If you don't think that can happen, amen, just survey some of the religions that have gone and come in the name of Christianity. And some of the craziness that has occurred because folks have gotten off track into self-made religion. Things that make the flesh feel good. You got to be careful. You got folks calling themselves kings and, 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 and priests at a level that God never intended for us to be. You got abhorrent doctrine. Amen. You got folks who start to even believe that they're some kind of God. They are taking Christianity and warped it. But it's more subtle than that. Amen. It can start with building up religion that ends up being a religion in itself and never reaches out to those who are in need. See, look at the text. We'll find that Paul was about outside. Look at the text. He says, I am a debtor to both Greeks and to barbarians. Neither one of those were his genealogy. Neither one of those were part of his pharisaical group. Either, neither one of them were part of his descendancy through Hebrew. These were Greeks and barbarians. See, Paul is saying this debt that has been given to me by God requires me to be outside of my normalcy, outside of my comfort zone, outside of where I call folks my own. He said, I am obligated by God to go to those who are not like me, to those who I don't really like that much if I put them upside of pharisaical Judaism. He says, but I'm obligated by God to go to them who don't necessarily make me feel good. And sometimes I'm uncomfortable with them, but that is where I've been called to go. I've been called to go outside of my family and my friends. I've been called to go to this place called Greco-Roman nation. I've been called to talk to these people who eat food that's not kosher. I I've been called to folk who, who eat all kinds of things that Jews would never partake of. But that's where I've been obligated to go. 
But not only that, I've been obligated to go out amongst the barbarians. Them folks that have no civility, amen. They do and they, they, they take and they, they, they do all kinds of things in barbaric and uncouth ways. I, I was called to go to them as well. If he was in our modern day vernacular, I was called to go out on the streets to where the prostitutes and the pimps and the whoremongers are out there. I'm out there with those who are on the outside, those who have been marginalized and dejected. I'm out there with those who are, who are, who are sick because they haven't had adequate health care. There's others out there who just have decided that they're just going to live on the street. It's those who I've been called to reach. It's those that don't look like the beautiful family that's back on the back of the fans that we get, amen, from Dwayne E. Harvey Funeral Home. It's outside. Paul understood that with all of his training and all of his pedigree, amen, that that meant nothing in the sight of this obligation that has now been given to him by God. That now he's got to step out above and beyond where he's comfortable and reach those who need to be reached for the salvation of the Lord. And I contend with us today that that's our obligation as well. I contend with us today that real good religion, as James says, is religion that goes outside of our comfort zones. That finds Christians like you and me in the midst of unsaved individuals contending for the faith even when they try to laugh at our Jesus but we stand up in the midst of them confident and knowing that the gospel has the power to even change their hearts to find ourselves in places of destitution and prostitution amen to find ourselves in places where folks who are addicted to drugs or alcohol it's in them places it's where the barbarians are amen that we are called to it's not just folks who are dressed up clean and and pristine like you and i jesus said i came not to those who are well but to those who are sick because those who are well are, are no need of a physician. Amen? So we look at the text, and he says, to the wise and the unwise. Now, I'm pretty sure uh, we know somebody, amen, along our life's journey, that if we were to put them in a category, we would probably put them in the category of a fool. Because the fool said in his heart, there is no God. And I'm sure we know some, amen, who are atheists and believe that there is no God. Paul said, I'm called to them too. I'm called to the unwise and the wise. But in the context of wise, he talks about as well uh, matriculation, amen, for those who are very educated, amen, and very cultured. He said, I'm called to speak to those who are very cultured, and I'm also called to speak to those who can barely speak the language. I'm called to those who speak broken English and who have expanded vocabulary. See, God has called us to be missionaries. That's our role, and missionaries 
have to go into the culture. But what happens so much with us is we begin to build a culture of ourselves and put walls around it that we are inside and they are outside. Never the two shall meet. But Paul says, no, that's not your obligation. Because the same obligation that's mine is also yours. Amen. And that's to go out to those who are not like you. Amen. To those who are lost in their sin. Those who think they are wise, but they're really fools. Those who are unwise and unlearned. Amen. That need the Savior, Jesus Christ. To those who are caught up in all kinds of, uh, if you will, vocations that are on the fringes. Amen. On the, on the outside of the law. That's what we've been called to. Because if we don't become change agents there, the society does not change. Amen. We ought to shine light into darkness. Amen. We ought to be the light of the world. So we look at our text and we find that Paul in the 15th verse, he says, So as much as is in me. He says, so whatever I got in me, whatever the Lord has put down on the inside of me, I'm ready. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't put a measure up to what all God has done in me, but what he has done in me, I'm ready now. I, I know enough about his word and his way that I'm ready to go outside. I, I, I'm ready to deal with the good debt that I have been given. And I'm under obligation to make sure that the debt is taken care of. I am a steward of this debt. And today I contend with you, so are we. And we only have so much time to deal with our obligation. It may be 20, 40, 60, 80, 100 years, but no matter how many years it is in this life, it's only a short time. So there's an urgency for us to get about the Father's business. But we got to know what his business is. Jesus said, I come to seek and to save that which is lost. The outsiders. Those who are not in the know about the word of God. Those who need to know about this salvation and how to receive it, amen, through the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But how will they hear if they have not a preacher? How will he preach if he has not been sent? The Bible lets us know that we've been sent. Because Jesus told the disciples, and by extension, he told us, as I have been sent, so I send you. I was sent into this world to reach those who were lost, and as I go to the Father, I send you in the same manner to reach those who are lost. So today, this is a word that should shake us up into realizing that we got to hurry up and be about the Father's business. We've been about our business long enough, but we got to be about the Father's business because you can only work while it is yet day. 
Because when night cometh, no man can work. Amen. So when you look at the text, he says, so is as much as in me. Whatever God's given me, I'm ready to go. So the question to us is whatever God has put in us now, are we ready to go? Are we ready to do the things that God has called us to do? As Sister Reed read the text in Matthew, amen, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to the Lord. When you visit him in prison, amen, when you've been out there on the street with those who are thirsty and you've also taken care of those who are hungry, you've done it to the least of these. And the Lord says, when you do it to them, it's as if you are doing it to me. That's a big time obligation, amen, but it's some good debt. Amen. Amen. When you look at the text, he says, I'm not just ready, but I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. He's saying, I'm writing this letter to you and I'm just not talking about these things off the top of my head so it'll just be something that I'm saying or something that I'm writing that looks good. I'm telling you, even to those who I'm writing, I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to come into the auspices of Caesar and all of his constructs around the Roman capital. Amen. I'm ready to preach. I don't know what's going to come out of it all. I don't know what I'm going to experience. I don't know what kind of risk I'm going to have to take, but it's worth it because I'm under obligation. And saints of God, if you are not willing to take a risk, you're not willing to follow the Lord because this work is risky. There's feelings to be hurt. There's sometimes bodily physical hurt that occurs, but there's risk in serving the Lord. Amen. Everybody's not going to like you. Amen. No matter how good you look or no matter how polished your words is, folk are not going to like you. Amen. And as a matter of fact, the word of God is an offense. Jesus Christ was the rejected one. Amen. And how can we be more as the disciple than the master? We will be rejected. But you must go anyhow. Because you're obligated. At the end of the days, as we talked in Sunday school, what you want to hear from the Lord is well done. Thy good and faithful servant. He made us, he made us to be responsible over a few things. See, the Lord is looking for some folks that will be faithful to him. Faithful to the mission that he said. Amen. Sometimes we get our mission confused with the strategy. Amen. We have gatherings, amen, to bring folks to the Lord to hear the word of God. The mission is getting the word of God out. The mission is not building big crowds. Amen. If you look at the text and you look at the gospel, Jesus' big crowds came based on his mission. Jesus never set up. He moved around, amen, from village to village. Amen. And because of the mission he was carrying out, big crowds built. So they're more of a strategy than the mission. But sometimes we get those in conflict. Amen. Jesus never wondered whether or not the world was going to come in to the church building. He always went out to the world. And so was the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, you find him on missionary journeys. He went on three missionary journeys. Amen. He was on the move. 
Amen. Establishing churches and moving. Amen. Because the gospel is a moving thing. Amen. And so what we find in this text, amen, is that Paul says to us that, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. For everyone who would believe to the Jew first and also the Greek. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is what saved him. It was the good news of Jesus Christ that that carpenter's son that died on the old rugged cross hung there from the third to the ninth hour. That they took him down off of that cross and they put him in a borrow tomb. He was in that tomb all night Friday. In that tomb all day Saturday. He was in that tomb all night Saturday night. But it was early Sunday morning that he got up with all power in his hand. Paul found out the reality of that message on the Damascus road. And it changed the Pharisee into a follower of the way. Paul went from being Saul to being Paul. From being night to being day. There is no other thing that can change men's souls except the gospel. So would you be like the Apostle Paul and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. today saints of God to carry his word to the utmost to the dark and the dismal to the rejected and the marginalized as we go back into our own communities with folks that don't know anything about serving a true and living God they need to see the light of the world in you that little boys and little girls, men and women, might come running saying, what must I do to be saved? But if you take your light and put it under a bushel basket, how will they see the light of Almighty God? God could have did it all himself. But as the scriptures say, he blessed you and me. He endued us with the power of the Holy Ghost to let our light so shine among men that they may see our good works. But if you don't go outside, if when you go 
communities in. If you close up the light of the world, how will they see? If you never talk about the Lord or the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for you, if you never share the gospel, how will they be saved? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I want you to know as I close this little sermon that in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For it is written that the just shall live by faith. So saints of God, if you want to see a change in your communities and in our world, we must be willing to share the gospel message. Because it's by the gospel that righteousness is revealed. He opens eyes that were blinded. He allows those to hear who could not hear. And then he transfers the blessing to somebody else so that they can speak what they could not speak. Saints of God, today I'm just here to encourage you to let your light shine, to celebrate the Lord every chance you can get. Because you don't know who's watching you. You don't know who the Lord is calling and just waiting to hear what you have to say. Make sure that your walk is right when you're out in the world because they are watching you to see what Christianity is all about. And if all they see is the same muck and mire that they're already in, they have no desire to move from one mud pie to another. But if you show them the light of the world, just maybe, just maybe, they'll turn from their wicked ways and turn upon the Lord. But one way to guarantee that they won't turn is if you keep your mouth shut. If you don't let your light shine. I'm talking about good debt today. Trust in the Lord no matter your situation because he's willing to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ask or think. Amen. The doors of the church are open.